Welcome, Sacred Disruptor, to the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your guide, Sabrina Riccio, modern medicine priestess, golden age business mentor, and marketing muse for spiritual entrepreneurs. In this sacred temple, we explore what it means to embark on your spiritual journey towards sovereign embodiment, multidimensional leadership, and social justice while honoring a business of integrity. Gathered here are some of the world's leading mentors, healers, and revolutionists alike as they share activating codes of guidance and transmissions of wisdom that will empower you to thrive. As a sovereign leader, you are here, embodied in your truth and on your evolutionary mission to answer the call, move the masses, and activate your legacy for the generations to come. You are here to unleash your medicine. Welcome home. Hello, 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 and welcome to probably one of the most powerful conversations yet here on the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and let me just say, this conversation is truly a conversation. And I have Amanda Elise here from Spiritually Dope, and I've been wanting to speak to her for years. I've been following her for years, and I've had her on my list of potential guests that I wanted to bring on, and I was like, it's time to reach out to her. It's time. And so I reached out to her. She said yes. And this conversation is hands down the most powerful one I've had yet. So you may want to take notes because transparency and realness is the name of the game here. And if you don't know Amanda, she is a healer, a multi-passionate spiritual entrepreneur, and she's on such a beautiful mission. I was literally crying like hearing what's driving her right now. And she's really here to help women heal generational trauma on a cellular level through plant medicine ceremonies and daily spiritual practices. And right now this woman is on a call to share this in African-American communities and in the whole generational trauma, the whole culture and work through with plant medicines to do this. And it's just absolutely incredible on what this woman is doing. And so she's really passionate about deep generational trauma, healing that on a deep level, subconscious mind. And she's been just on this beautiful, beautiful mission. Honestly, like this conversation took like its own path. It took what needed to be shared. She was asking me like all these questions that like I wasn't expecting about it. And I was like, damn, thank you so much. And so we go so deep and so real here, but like there's no room for basic bitch spirituality in this conversation or in the space, you know me. So we talked about the medicine of generational healing by really embarking on this uh, plant medicine journey and her journey of deep healing. And then she asked me about mine, which was super amazing. And we also talked about, you know, the power of the subconscious mind and and working through that on a deep cellular memory as well. Um, We also talked about like, something that isn't talked about enough because I know there's a lot of curiosity right now about like people wanting to do plant ceremonies and really, really diving in deeper. And so we talked a lot about like the importance of being aware of who you're working with while you're going into these journeys and experiences. And we also talked about a lot of whitewashing in a lot of these indigenous ceremonies and cultures and traditions, which I haven't been able to talk enough about. And so when she said it, I was like, oh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so we talked a lot about our journeys working with uh, psychedelics and uh, plant medicines and how it really helped us really activate um, 
our, our, our mission and the importance of really dismantling the taboos of it. And right now, like she's really, really driven to help African-Americans like really heal uh, through generational trauma, through the practice of combo, which is a really powerful ceremony. I have yet to work with combo yet, but I know it's calling me and she just got certified in it. So to be able to talk about it was really, really powerful. And uh, I'm just so pumped for her. And we also talked about um, really creating your blessed up life outside of the matrix by dismantling it, especially in the spiritual community that's so focused on vanity and image. Um, so I think that isn't talked about enough and being on a social media sabbatical, like that's why I needed to separate myself from it because it just got too tiring and exhausting, honestly. Um, so we talked a lot about that as well and really the importance of breaking free from tech dependency. Um, and remembering what it means to be human. And so this is, like I said, probably one of the realest conversations I've ever had on this podcast. And I'm just feeling so grateful, so, so grateful. And the fact that you get to learn about this, this, this conversation is straight up medicine. It truly is. And so make sure you're following Amanda at Spiritually Dope and you're following me at Sabrina Riccio and at Sovereign Society Podcast. Take a screenshot of that you're tuning in and listening. And if you're really moved by this conversation and you're listening on iTunes, please leave a rating and review um, so we can share more of this medicine out because I'm so passionate about having people like Amanda here, um, so that we can really not only share truth, but share how do we honor with reverence the practices, the spiritual practices we use, because even talking to her about, you know, talking about combo and ayahuasca and wachuma and how we can start to really honor the indigenous, it's important that this is how we start to take action and uh, be part of the solution. So she's hosting a retreat um, next week. So if you're feeling like a call and you want to jump on a plane and go, reach out to her. You can check the show notes below. But she is hosting a plant medicine uh, weekend retreat called the Black Hippie Healing Experience. And she's going to be facilitating combo and doing um, cacao ceremonies and working a lot with hape and um, just so many beautiful practices um, to really help clear and dismantle limiting beliefs, distortions, um, conditions, the matrix and generational trauma. So again, all this is in the show notes below, but please take note because this episode is as real as it gets. And I'm so excited for you to learn more about how, again, how Amanda is transforming African-American culture and generational healing through plant medicine. So enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. How's it going, everyone? I'm so excited to have this conversation. Literally, Amanda has been on my list of people that I've wanted on this podcast since I first started this podcast like five years ago. I've been following her Instagram handle, Spiritually Dope, for so long. And just to see, I just need to say before we even dive in, Amanda, witnessing your transformation has been so incredible. Really? It's been so inspiring, so beautiful. I've been following you for years. And just seeing, I really feel like, you are so embodied in your truth right now. And like the work you're here to do, it's been absolutely incredible to witness your transformation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I think it's just, it's just, it shows what's possible when you really believe in yourself and you're really 
devoted, especially to paths that may be quote unquote unconventional uh, to society, because I know you're passionate about plant medicine and that's like me. And that's been a journey that's really helped you step into your power and really pave the path ahead to be supportive and to really be the change and be part of the revolution. So again, I just thank you for sharing. I thank you for doing the work and I thank you for emitting out that radiance into the world, into the collective. And I'm just so excited to dive in and to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much. And I just want to honor you as well. I am always so amazed at how much you really care and it oozes through everything that you do. Like you really care about your clients. You really care about transformation and you really want to make sure that everybody feels supported. They feel loved. They feel welcomed. I can tell. So I just want to honor Aww. you as well. I'm happy to watch you. you as well. Oh, thank you. Well, it takes one to know one is what I always say. So, I mean, I'm sure you feel the same. I probably wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for choosing to to dive in deep and work with plant medicines and answering the call and understanding that to us, for us to be able to be genuine leaders, like leaders who really are leading with generosity, who are leading genuinely with integrity and intention, it's time to really dive in deep and dismantle from deep within cellular memory, cellular debris, cellular trauma, subconscious for us to to pave that head and to have that solid foundation. So I would love for you to share a little bit more about your journey as to you choosing to take that leap and saying, it starts now. I'm going for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I guess I can talk about my journey with plant medicines. And it's so funny. This is like the first podcast I've ever done talking about it. So ah, interesting enough, yeah. <laughs> interestingly enough, so my journey started, I lived in Los Angeles in 2017 and I had a relationship. It was pretty rocky, pretty, um, you know, kind of, kind of unhealthy a little bit. And I realized that there were some things that I was bringing to the relationship that I should not have been bringing to the relationship. And I knew that I just needed to break up and there were some things I needed to heal specifically. And I'll just be vulnerable because I do believe that what's personal is universal. And, you know, the more I share, the more I open up, the more it might help someone. Um, I just saw so much selfishness in myself and just all about me, 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 and what I could receive from the relationship. And also a pattern of knowing something wasn't going to be good for me, but continuing to do it anyway. So I decided to end the relationship. And Shortly after, I was like, you know, I need to go on this huge path of healing this selfishness that I feel inside that's not allowing me to express my better self and be in a harmonious relationship. So I started, um, you know, the universe will give you what you need when you need it. Um, One of my coworkers, she was like, oh, you know, there's this ayahuasca ceremony in 
um, we were both in California. She's like, there's ayahuasca ceremony in, I forgot where it was, Idlewild, California. And she's like, but you know, you, I won't give too many details. And I was like, okay, I'm going, I am signing up. I'm going. So I went, I was nervous as hell. Um, I don't know how your experiences have been like your first time taking a new medicine. Like you're just scared. So I was scared, but during that ceremony, I met some of my ancestors. I saw some things that I was holding on to, and it was really a transformative experience and completely changed the way that I viewed the world, changed the way that I viewed our purpose as human beings and changed the way that I viewed what I was supposed to do on this earth. So after that ceremony, I kind of got obsessed with plant medicines and healing because I just really wanted to, you know, heal this thing. And I just went on a rampage for two years. I started traveling the world. I was trying all the plant medicines and fell in love with the transformation. And like you said, the cellular memory, I fell in love with the fact that the plants knew way better than I knew or my subconscious mind knew the plants knew what I needed at the moment. And so I was like, you know what? I have to bring this to other people who might not be familiar. Hmm. Yeah. I remember the first time I did ayahuasca. Um, it was actually like, I think it was right after that. It was in 2017. So I dove deeper into that. I mean, before then I was working with psilocybin here and there. Um, and I was MDMA is how I first found God. Um, Truly. I mean, I was raised Catholic and all the things, but like my true connection with God, not like what the church told me my relationship with God looks like. What was that? And like? which was the my relationship MDMA. with yeah. I was at a rave and um, I talk about this all in my upcoming book, The Whole Journey. And uh, I was at a rave and like a few months before I called a suicide hotline. I was like, done. And I did MDMA at a rave and it was like a super moon. And I just like felt the presence of God being like, you're not alone. You have a huge mission here to do. And I want you to know you are protected. You are guided and you've barely scratched the surface on what's possible in your life. Wow. That is it was incredible. like, it was incredible. I was, cause I had depression from childhood. So working, you know, I, I was abusing MDMA. Definitely. I was a music journalist at that time. And I was like doing it every weekend. Cause it was like, when I got out of school, 2011, everyone was on MDMA. <laughs> um, but at that time, like I, I was like, oh my God, like I'm actually finding a deeper meaning and a deeper purpose. And I was studying marketing at that time. So I knew I wanted to infuse that into like, business and the work that I wanted to do is like, how can I bring in more of the truth and like divine guidance and the divine um, truth um, into business and marketing and help revolutionize that space to cultivate more conscious capitalism and more conscious gatherings rather than like um, a cookie cutter um, capitalistic uh, patriarchal way of doing business. I, I knew that. Um, and so, yeah, I was a music journalist. I was exposing a lot of the um, the uh, distortions that were happening of how media was portraying my community and like focusing more on like community of like what's actually true. So I was speaking up for those that were being repressed. And I also knew um, like I got the bigger mission in 2012 
like, so the year after that was like, hey, there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people who have been on the back burner, a lot of races, a lot of different um, groups of individuals that have just been like not respected to the level that they deserve to be just a lot of that. And so that's where I knew, like I started fighting, you know, and speaking more about racial injustice and pieces like that. And then I got struck by lightning. (laughs) So that's what I knew diving deeper into working with plant medicines to heal my nervous system um, and seeing a lot of the manipulation of mind control that was happening. Plant medicines and psychedelics really helped me um, answer that greater call as to how I'm here to be of service. And that's why, like, I created this podcast. That's why um, I've been speaking up. That's why I've been fighting, protesting, what have you. Um, And a huge piece of that is to pave the path ahead for uh, the generations to come. You know, like, I knew, like, I'm choosing that it ends with me. And so that's where I dove deeper into that spiritual journey and that spiritual path. And I would not be who I am today if it weren't for that guidance and that support of psychedelics and plant medicines, without a doubt. Wow, that is so incredible. So I have so many questions. Um, One, (laughs) I want to know, in that moment, when you felt that, of course, it felt very real, you know, in the moment, I'm sure a lot of people would just say, hey, you know, that was just something I experienced on psychedelics. That isn't true. How did you Mm -hmm. know within yourself that beyond a doubt, this was the presence of God? It felt right. Wow. It felt support. It didn't feel like a distortion of any type. Like I felt it like at the core of my essence and of my being. And I saw like Yeshua come through, like it was everything that I always wanted. Like growing up, I like went to Catholic school, everything. It's everything I always wanted that I was taught that this is what it would feel like, but I never had that doing it in the conventional way (laughs) that, you know what I mean? That the conventional way of like how this quote unquote supposed to be. And I just like stayed true to myself. Like I remember when I had a difficult LSD trip and I came home and my mom was like, yeah, what? And I was like, oh my God, stop. But I was seeing all the distortions and I was seeing all of the manipulation of mind control that was happening um, of that. And I was trying to fight it. Like I was doing my best to be like, this is not okay. So like energetically, I was like fighting. It was like part of a spiritual war, which I do believe we're in right now. So I've been seeing this fucking spiritual war since like 2011. Like I've seen it. And that's why I feel like I got struck by lightning to like clear my field, to tap into that deeper. And then I've just been on this whole journey up until now um, to dismantle, to expose with like pure intention and to like help people find their own relationship with God, themselves, spirit, universe, whatever lexicon you want to use to describe your the higher power that you work with. Um, and also, like, there's times where I did cacao and... Uh, um, and I was, did like, I, I microdosed, um, LSD and I had, that's what I did to heal my relationship with LSD after a difficult trip. And I saw all my ancestors there. So, I mean, like, I think when you can understand that there's more than just this like 3d reality and like when you die, what lives on is your soul and your subtle body. So that subtle body is like when a song is playing and it reminds you of someone that's because like their subtle body is present. And then the soul lives on, but like our ancestors are always around us, you know? And I think we can get so caught up in like the mundane and like the, um, like what we see in in this like Maya and the illusion, or even just like the physical experience of like 
being human and in a body, but like we're all spiritual beings and we're all like navigating through this, having a human experience. And so there's spirit inside plants, there's spirit inside one another, like in all things. So that's been my journey. But now I want to hear like more of enough of me. I want to hear like more of your like journey of deeper healing after you've decided like, or heard or answered like, yo, this is my time to like, get to work. Like this is my time to like, get, get into it and start going, going for it because I know I'm here doing a greater mission and greater work. Yeah. And you know, now I'm like brought to tears. So I guess it it really is true hearing your story saying that, you know, you heard very clearly, you have a huge mission, a huge mission. That's so beautiful to me. Um, when I was in, I think it was my second ayahuasca ceremony, and this was in Oregon. Um, I heard very clearly, like, you are going to bring these medicines to your people because a lot of, you know, honestly, now it's changing now that, you know, we've moved into Aquarius. It seems like everybody's kind of popping up and they're really being exposed. But back then in 2017, it was still kind of underground. But you're a way shower. That's why you you were exposed to it then because you're there to be that way shower. I guess we can look at it like <laughs> we can look at it like that. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. And it was like you are going to bring these medicines to the people. Like this is what you have to do. So um I was like, all right, you know, I heard it. I kept it in the back of my head. And I think one year later, almost the beginning of 2019, I was on my way to a Wachuma ceremony in Peru. And I felt so much joy. Like I felt so much joy in my heart. It was my second time um, at this specific retreat center. And I was like, okay, I cannot be the only one. Like I have to announce that I have to do some type of plant medicine ceremony. So I like, and now I remember that morning I was like, just driven to like announce that I want to host a plant medicine ceremony. And I think just saying it made it real, you know, like, why was I so pressed to, to put this out there, but saying it made it real. And, um, I mean, ever since then, it's just been like, this is exactly what the purpose is at this moment. I love that. So I want to ask you this question because what came to me, the first ayahuasca ceremony, the last thing the grandmother told me was don't forget about the men. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I changed my podcast name from the Sovereign Goddess to the Sovereign Society and started including more male voices. Um, and because I saw the pendulum swinging too far to the left of like, you know, future is female, but like what, 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 what kind of tone does that set for like these young boys and men? Like, do they, you know what I mean? That's yeah. not that's going to cause more toxic masculinity for the generations to come. Mm -hmm. We need to be all inclusive. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was that call. But the the thing that I heard when I did my two ayahuasca ceremonies was strike one, the first time I took it and then strike two, the second time I took it. Now what's that? So it told me because I did, I live in Joshua tree Mm -hmm. and I did it with someone who wasn't indigenous and I didn't do it on indigenous land. And so how, I want to know, like, how has your experience been working with like indigenous in Peru and other than like doing it like place here or maybe like the that plant didn't come from that land? I'm really curious to hear um, like if you saw a different experience from that space, because for me, 
ayahuasca told me if, if I am to like work with her again, I need to do it in some other country. Like I can't do it with the same people I worked with. Like I'm being called to work with the indigenous. Oh my gosh. So one, I just finished combo training um, a few mm. ago and the instructor, he was saying that ayahuasca traditionally, not traditionally, that's probably a dramatic word, but has often been linked with black magic. So a lot mm. of almonds do black magic in their ceremonies. Wow. And he, yeah, he was giving me an example of how black magic was done to him, like really heavy to where he couldn't shake it off. And he had to go to someone more powerful in Peru, I think it was, mm-hmm. or he had to travel down to the Amazon, like really deep just to get all this black magic off of him. And he's, wow, you know, he's been administering plant medicines forever. So it's like, if you couldn't even do it and you needed somebody else to help you, that tells you how strong it is. So I would say that number one, it's really important to watch who you get your plant medicines from. You don't know what they're doing. You don't know their energy. You know, you really need to kind of feel them out. But when I did, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to say this is probably really, really, really wrong to say, but right after I did my ceremony, this was in the U S um, mm-hmm. I heard a spirit and, and I seriously don't want to offend Sabrina, please forgive me if I'm offending. No, I no. I heard a spirit say, don't trust these white people. Thank you. Thank you. Cause the, per- like, I'm so happy you said that because when I did those ayahuasca ceremonies, it was a white guy that was leading it. Then when I did watch Shuma, then I did watch Shuma and it was true. It was uh, a Mexican man and um, a woman from Brazil. And that felt so much more supported because it is generationally ancestrally, like part of that tradition. Like, I don't even consider myself white. I may look light skinned, but I'm like, I'm almost a hundred percent Italian dark, like from Southern Italy. My grandfather was, was brown. And like, I never saw, I always had a hard time, like considering myself white when I was like that Italian chick, like my big fat Greek wedding. If you can make that into like an Italian family, that was me like straight up. Like my grandparents immigrated here from Italy. So I was, I was raised by them. So I was raised as an Italian living in America. And so that was like a big thing for me, like very traditional Italian. Right. Um, but I, I take zero offense about like, oh, don't trust these white people. That's what that's exactly what you said is where I'm hearing the strike one strike two that happened with me, like doing ayahuasca. Because when I did when I did the peyote ceremony with like indigenous, like true indigenous people, it was more supported because I even had my wall up when I did ayahuasca with the white people that I, I felt like I had to lead myself on my own journey. And there was one point, like the second time I did it, I went into like the women's restroom or if we had like a bed for, for like the men, the men and the women. And I was just in there like weeping. And it was like two days after my aunt was buried, my grandmother's sister. So like I was helping, I felt like I was helping her body, like helping her soul, like transition as well. And so there was that. And I felt my dog at my feet. And then I felt my king, who's like not in my life right now. Like I felt him holding me and I was just like apologizing. Um, but I always had like um, a wall and I always sat across from the people that were leading my ayahuasca ceremonies that I sat across from them. So I felt like I was helping hold the container, even though I was in supposed to be in ceremony yeah. being held. 
Yeah. So I, I take zero offense to what you said. Cause like, I feel the same way. Like I feel the same way. And that's why I knew, like, I wanted to ask you, like with you seeing how you've traveled to these spaces, like what was that experience like, like actually working with indigenous versus like more whitewashing these, um, sacred, uh, indigenous ceremonies and experiences and medicines. That's so interesting. I've honestly never thought about it that way until you just said it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I, you know, I, I do remember that moment. So for me, I can say, and this might just be like a positive mindset type of thing, but for me, every single ceremony, I just took what I needed to take and thought about exactly how I should integrate the lessons into my life. So I really haven't seen the difference between those, you know, those ceremonies, to be honest. Fascinating. Yeah. Really Maybe this is why this conversation needed to happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, like, I, I've, I haven't worked with combo yet. But like, it's really fascinating, because I'm, I'm hearing more and more people that are like, either curious about it or they're taking the leap to be more facilitating, um, to be facilitators of it. Um, it is something that is calling me and, uh, one of my really good girlfriends, she's also a naturopath. So she got, um, she just got her, finished her certification program of that. And so I'm like, Oh, if I'm going to do combo, like I would feel safe with her. Cause at least if like something, you know, like I'd have a doctor there, um, you know, and so I think that's really amazing. But my whole prayer more than just like whitewashing these is that these, these ceremonies are honored and reverenced. Like there's reverence behind it and integrity to keep the integrity of the medicine and the teachings vibrant and alive. Because I I remember, um, what was it? Uh, like Bufo, like everyone that's been going to get Bufo, which is like, if you don't know, if you're listening, it's like a frog poison as well. Um, but like the, a lot of the Bufo toads have like their, their population has been uh, dwindling down. Like they're almost like extinct because people are either not knowing and they're like running over them or they're like, um, they're overusing. A lot of people have been doing Bufo ceremonies as well. Um, so I remember when I was watching like Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia on uh, Vice and he was talking about how he made like a synthetic Bufo um, he learned how to do Bufo synthetically, which, you know, I understand for the preservation, but I also feel like working with these medicines, like there's the spirit part of it that like can't be made in a lab per se. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I also understand it's like a double-edged sword. Like there is like a, a pop, like population wise, you know, of like the, the be able to keep these, uh, these medicines sacred while also like, how do we not like over exacerbate um, the medicines? And I also feel like the land will provide, God will provide, like the people who are supposed to um, work with these and as part of their path will find it. But it's really curious. So how are you seeing, like, I want to hear more about Combo um, because, and like your experience where you knew, like, this is where I'm here to facilitate. And I want to hear more about your intention as to why you decided to take the leap and what is, what's your intention of, you know, facilitating and bringing forth uh, this medicine and these traditions as well. Yeah. My intention, because again, you know, what I heard is you are to bring these to your people. My intention is to help African-Americans heal generational trauma. There is so much trauma 
in our society. And it's not just, and mind you, slavery did play a huge part, but it's not even slavery. It's what's going on now within our mental, within our society. For instance, something I'm really passionate about is rap music. You hear rap music all the time. It's putting down Black women. It's calling us all types of names and showing us how we, quote unquote, should be treated. And not only that, it's promoting materialism, especially for Black It's vanity. It's all vanity. Exactly. And Black men are thinking that this is the way that they have to show their worth. And so in turn, it's making the Black men feel internally worthless. And it's making the Black women also feel like they are worth nothing to a Black man who's supposed to protect them and uplift them and, you know, understand the struggle. So um, it, it is that rap music is just constantly playing in our subconscious mind. You know, we have cellular memory, we're dancing to the beat. This is happening in the backdrop of African-American lives and just, you know, things even like black parents always beating their children. You know, where did this come from? Like a habit of abuse and beating and just self-loathing, self-hate. And it's so deep in the community that therapy is beautiful and therapy is a blessing. And I think everybody should be in therapy. And at the same time, there are certain things that you will literally never get to through the mind. You have to get there through the body, through these plants. The plants have an innate wisdom that you consciously cannot get to. Um, Yeah, I was going to give an example, but This wisdom is really what needs to be brought to the community to start to heal us on a cellular level. So that's why I'm so passionate about plant medicines. And then combo specifically was literate. So my experience with combo started also 2017 when I was just going on this huge (laughs) plant medicine, you know, world tour. And I did combo the first time I experienced a purge. To be honest, I don't remember what happened emotionally after that. I just felt called to go a second time. And because you're, you're, you should be doing like three rounds within one moon, moon cycle. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, yeah. I, I didn't. I did. My second one was definitely after that moon cycle. But you should be for sure. That's right. Um, when I mm-hmm. went back the second time. And for those of you who don't know, combo, um, just tell you about the ceremony, not necessarily the medicine itself, but you like wherever you can see kind of on my arm right there. Um, mm-hmm. I, all her dots. Girl, huge training. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, so you, you burn the skin with a stick and then you put the frog poison on those dots and then you sit there for about 20 minutes and you release negative energy through purging, you're throwing up. You might be crying, you're sweating. Um, A lot of people have to use the restroom, you know, bowel movement. And the second time I did combo, I did this one throw up and I felt this huge negative spirit leave my body. And I was incredible. Wow. And it was an energy that's very, an energy that I received from my father. It, It was like this dark I just, as soon as I threw up, I was like, oh, that was Fred right there. That was him right there. 
So I knew it was powerful then. And um, my medicine, I mean, my journey to going through this certification was just that I was like, well, you know, I need to get deeper into these medicines and let me get certified in at least the first legal one that I can legally (laughs) get certified in the U.S. for. And I was like, that's combo. I believe in it. I love it. Let me, you know, go ahead and do this. So I'm like, I get really, I'm getting, I've been emotional hearing how like, this is how you're answering the call to transform African-American generational trauma through and culture through this plant medicine journey. It it makes me really emotional because I just like, I, I have that I've been seeing, like listening to you talk. I saw like the impact that you you're here to make Amanda through this. And like, this is a huge feat that I know you're going to just soar and like really like the fact that you're saying yes and answering this call is so beautiful that it makes me so emotional because there's like so much faith in the future hearing people that are like being extremely brave and doing something so like unconventional and like the way that in cultures of how we've grown up but you're choosing to like be in your integrity and to listen to like the divine guidance that's happening. And it just, I just say thank you. And like, I'm, I've just been so moved just hearing like you choosing to take that leap and say yes, because it, like I said, it just has, I have so much more faith in, in their future because there's people like you who are, are, are taking initiative. And so I, I just want to say thank you for that. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I like, I I like, I'm like holding back these tears, but like, I think that's so beautiful. Um, It's been to me, just even having this conversation, like I said, I've been wanting to have this conversation with you for so long and I knew the right time would be, but it just feels like the answer to the prayers. Cause for so long, I thought I was like, Oh, I'm going to do this alone. Now I've been meeting like more and more incredible people that are all like answering their call. And we're all coming together to like share this message and this medicine and, I'm so pumped for you that like you've taken initiative. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you know what came to me when you said that, um, which I don't know why it did, but it's kind of also, um, I guess, meant to be because I grew up around and I didn't have extended family around me at all. It was my mom, my dad, um, and I didn't know my mom's side of the family. My dad didn't really know his side of the family. So we kind of grew up in like this pod just by ourselves. But I grew up around mostly white people. So always feeling like a complete outsider, but then also being able to see. And then I went to a a black college, but being able to see how the white population operated versus how when I got to college, the black population population operated and just seeing the dichotomy in both of those is able is helping me to really be able to see the difference between how we intrinsically operate does that make sense totally I mean it's just it's like it's been like a tradition or like a keeping and like this is the way it like it's just it's all been about like either conditioning or like this is this is how it is yeah Exactly. And then you're seeing and you're seeing like both sides of the coin in that sense, in terms of like we're all part of this human race together. And yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. I, yeah, but I just, I'm, I'm so pumped to hear that, like, that's your mission and that's like how you're choosing to answer the call. And I, I can, I feel that you're like stepping into this, I don't even say role, but you're like stepping into this space of like, this is how you're choosing to be like a leader. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank yeah. And I mean, it could be a leap because it's like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? Like, this is so out of my comfort zone. But like, I can tell, I know you have faith in like the work you're doing and I know like you're, you're running with it. And I think of what you just said is also a way of how from those two, like the way you were brought up and maybe that was part of your subconscious programming to like when you went to school and you went to like a black university where you're at the space of like where your um, solar plexus is still forming because it forms between the ages of 16 and 22. So like the last years of high school until like we get out of college is where our solar plexus um, is formed. So that's where we start to build our confidence and our willpower and our strength. But I think with you having that upbringing as well, you're being able to recognize how you're here to dismantle the matrix. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think when you can, you can create your blessed up life out of the matrix once you've recognized that you've been in it (laughs) and you're able to work around, like being like aware of it and being like, okay, now I'm willing to choose again. So I would love to dive deeper and talk, talking about dismantling the matrix, because even there can be that matrix conditioning, doesn't matter what race you are, but there's all these matrix conditionings with every race, with every upbringing, with every, um, socioeconomic status. Like there's, it's a, there's matrix programming in that as well. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you, I haven't talked about the matrix in forever. How do you think people can dismantle the matrix? Or what do you think when clients come to you, how can you tell like, okay, she's still kind of got matrix? Yeah. I'm all about it. It's like my passion, right? So first of all, I would say like, what spiritual teachers are you still living and believing in? But and which ones are actually like infiltrated with false light, which are still living in a delusionment or like a good vibes only love and light path? Mm -hmm. Um, And which ones are willing to admit their humanness? One. Two. um, Yeah. What conditionings or um, like cookie cutter approaches have you found yourself in when it comes to building your business, when it comes to like what type of leader to be, you know what I mean? Because this is what so-and-so is doing. So obviously this is what I got to do. Three, um, what's the group think collectively, maybe not just in your industry, but also uh, like going on in your communities and like, especially with like what's going on since like the, the virus that's been going on, you're seeing a lot more of like a sheeple templating and, uh, but it's about like being in your integrity. So I think to me, dismantling the matrix means living with integrity and living with sovereign embodiment. Mm-hmm. I love that. And my, my, when I was like, what, 10 years old, my favorite movie was the matrix. My first car I drove was the matrix. So I'm like, huh, look at these puzzle pieces I'm putting together. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. You know what I really love that you said? Like what spiritual teachers are you following? I love that so much because it's so important like you could blindly follow someone into the pits of hell 
I did it. Been there, been there because that's, oh, hell yeah. When I first started my spiritual path after I got struck by lightning, I was a sponge and like open to everything and anything. And, you know, they told me like, you know, that evil doesn't exist, which is fucking not true. They told me, you know what I mean? Like good vibes only. Like there's a lot of vanity. We talked about that before. There's a lot of vanity and now living in a world of social media of like how you need to be portrayed in order to be respected. Whether you can just be like, yo, I'm fucking human. I'm having a shitty day. Doesn't mean like my, I'm like any less like of a leader or like that. Like just the amount of spiritual bypassing that happened. And I think that in itself is a matrix programming and condition of like being on like a hamster wheel of consciousness traps and healing loops as well. Wow. Oh my God. So I've been reading a lot about spiritual leaders and vanity and just being honest, that's like something I'm trying to, um, you're not trying, you're doing, I am, I I have got three planets in Leo. My Venus is in the 10th house. So how things appear is still, that's what, that's my work right now. Just being super vulnerable, um, getting out of that. So consciously like this right here, like those are ugly as hell, but I was doing my training and I was like, girl, this is not about you. Like this is about everybody else that you're going to help. If these little ugly dots are going to stop you from, you know, helping everybody, then you, you know, you just really need to get over that. So, um, I've been reading a lot about that and thinking a lot about that. And I know that's my work right now. And I remember this one guy that I follow, he's like a spiritual leader. I was shocked. I've been following him for years. And he like said something on one of his podcasts and this girl like regurgitated it. And he went off because she was kind of acting like it was hers, but he went off and he called her a F and B and he was like, what's the point of me doing this? If this F and B is just going to steal it. And I was like, whoa, yeah, there's so much ego. I was like, I thought the point was for the information to be disseminated, you know, like I thought that was the point I was just shocked, but yeah, yeah, there is, there is a lot, there is a lot. And so it's so important to follow people that, you know, are authentic. Yeah. I remember, go ahead. I was going to say, um, I work, do you know who Mary Morrissey is? No, she's, if you look her up, I mean, you'll just, love her. I know you're a Gemini. She's a Gemini too. She's just amazing. She's like older woman, maybe in her seventies at this point, but, um, she, her and Bob Proctor are like best friends. So they have a couple programs together. Um, anyway, so I used to work for her in marketing and I just adored her before I started working for her. And when I went to work for her and met her the first time, it was like, that moment of like, are you real? Are you really authentic? Do you really believe in everything that you're spitting? And, you know, I'm just watching her like a hawk, seeing how she's talking to people, interacting with people. And that is one of the most genuine, just how you said, like, she's human. I remember when she kind of uh, snapped at this, this guy in a loving, like a motherly way. It was like, he was her son. Um, she was like, so-and-so, like, stop talking. Cause it was this conference or whatever that. And I remember that it that was the moment I realized she was real because it was like she didn't 
want to filter it to appear like she was a saint, if you know what I mean. Like, well, there's a whole guru the complex right now, too. You right. know, like it's like they're put, people oh are putting God. spiritual teachers on a pedestal, but like you're taught in spirituality that like you are your own guru, but then you go back and you have these spiritual teachers on a pedestal. Like that's a disempowerment in its own. Like you're giving away your power to this other person thinking that there's like a hierarchical like space or experience. And then you're just going to be, it's to me because sometimes spirituality or the spiritual uh, industry can be like an MLM kind of thing where it's like, you have to keep leveling up and leveling up and leveling up to be deemed worthy by like continuing to invest in these like higher people's way I've been seeing it. Um, And so (laughs) that's part of the matrix I've been dismantling too. Let me ask you about this because I'm a free bird, um, a total free bird. And I've been in marketing. So I've, you know, done marketing work for somebody like Mary, who's making millions of dollars a year selling courses. I've been in this world, but I saw a live that you did when you were talking about other spiritual teachers and basically how like they they were promising codes and they were not giving them. So when I say I'm a free thinker, I'm like, I'm gonna do this shit myself. Like, I don't really have to, I mean, not cocky, but just like, I don't really want to learn something unless I feel truly called to learn from that person. What, what do you see is happening? And do you think there's a cure for it? Uh, what do I see is happening? Hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of uh, spiritual teachers have like, mm, how do I put this in? They have like, you know, a lot of people are saying, for instance, like 2020 was the best year of their lives and things like that. Um, And, you know, teach their own. Like some people could have had incredible years. It's so funny. Like I'm having like all this in my throat. talking about this which means like I'm clearing out Mm -hmm. to like speak truth (laughs) um I just you know there's a lot of people that have been really good at sales and they've been following the vanity of like I had a so-and-so figure month but like are they actually talking about their expenses that they've spent Mm -hmm. are they actually talking about like you know um, the impact they've actually made, like, yeah, anyone can take money, but like, I don't, I don't see any of them talking about the impact that they've actually made in their community. And they're only talking about themselves. So I do feel like there's some sort of like an ego that's driving. But as soon as you question that person and you like hit their ego, they get on the fucking defense. So I think a lot of people are chasing, that's part of the vanity. I've been talking a lot about vanity metrics and stuff lately. Cause I've been, like I said, I've been doing the world. I went to school for marketing. So I've been watching this and, and studying this for like over 14 years. And my, I have a degree in marketing and sociology. So I study groups of people. Wow. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> but everyone loves to talk about, you know, themselves. And that's part of like an Instagram world where everyone's just like showcasing themselves and like blah, blah, blah. But how many people are actually talking about the impact? How many people are actually open to listening to feedback from their students um, and actually implementing it through? Like, I can't tell you how many courses I've had lately where there was even no like um, like a testimonial feedback like kind of thing where like 
what would you have wanted differently? What worked? They just like pretty much take your program and then they take your money you take the program and then they send you off your way. Mm-hmm. But like, there's, there's, there's been a lack of also growth of listening because that's been part of the hierarchical space, right? Like I'm more worthy than you because I have these codes because I've made a hundred thousand dollar month. Amazing. Great for you. Like, but how are you actually like not focused on the vanity of like this number and actually focused on the impact you've made. Are Have you asked your clients if they're actually happy with like their experience? Wow. wow. Because you're here to be of service, but are you actually serving that ego so that you had like that number in that bank account or actually serving like the people that you're here to be of service to? Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been talking mm-hmm. about. And that's what's, that's why I'm like oh. off social media right now, because like, it's just, it's, I've needed to take a step back because I'm seeing the infiltration of that. And I just don't want, why would I put myself in that energy? That's really, why would I put myself in that? Yeah, that's really um, concerning and scary. Do you think that it's just a manipulative tactic is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, that's how they're luring people in of like, hey, I have these codes. I had a $100,000 a month work with me, but then they're not being integrous with like the teachings that they're actually sharing or they're sharing like things that are more manipulative on how they made the, that money. And so that's where I can tell. And I think because I've been like, I've, I have so much self-awareness. And I've worked with like a lot of medicines that help me dismantle and deprogram from a lot of that. I can see from that perspective. And so maybe I made that investment to like learn what not to do. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? And in, in some of these programs and to also see what's going on. So I know like not how to rise above it per se, but like how to like uh, be part of the solution. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So with social media myself same thing um I haven't wanted to be on it recently for mm-hmm. the same reason not only well seeing the vanity I, I didn't mind that because you know what it is when you log in <laughs> but for me like even the pressure like yes. you know the pressure to like perform on social media is just a lot And so I haven't wanted to be on it recently, even though I have to promote and it's like, okay, girl, you got to get on there. But. Well, that's why planning ahead, right? That's why I'm taking time away so I can plan ahead and not be so reliant or dependent on it. If I can plan ahead and have better boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, and that's the other thing, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like, that's the other thing about like the spiritual community. It's like the only industry that boasts about how much money they've made. So that's where I've had a lot of ickiness and feeling, you know, and um, it just has been really like there's been times where I wanted to walk away from it because I'm like, this is not the community. This is not what I want to be in. But I know I'm here to be of service and I know I'm here to like do a bigger mission. So me walking away from it right now for a bit is like how I'm choosing to dismantle that. So let me ask you this question. Do you think- I love how this is like a like a question back and forth. I know so it fun. is. Like a real conversation. <laughs> I hope that's okay. Like everyone who's listening is like, you guys are part of our conversation. No, I'm loving this. Yeah, <laughs> come in. Um, but do you think that a lot of people are, because, you know, when I'm an empath, I'm sure a lot of people who follow your podcast are empaths as well. So probably a lot of us have been feeling kind of the shifts 
in society, but do you think that a lot of people are starting to get tired of Instagram and the vanity? 100%. Nice. 100%. That's why like I had a a new program out called Alchemize Your Systems where I'm helping them understand like the the power of like bulk contenting and like prepping ahead of time because that's the thing. This is the thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Like we've been like shut down for over a year now and we've been more reliant on our technology on our phones than ever before that we're forgetting the humanness of like human interaction where like we're coming together and chatting or whatever and we're reliant on this. We're reliant on this computer to like connect. And so, you know, if we think back to our ancestors, they didn't have to worry about this and they weren't constantly scrolling and bombarded with like energies and information and all these things. And so there's a point where we need to um, adjust. I don't want to say adapt more so than I want to say adjust. And I think that's been the challenge with, that was the word I was thinking of. A lot of these spiritual teachers have adapted to it and have like figured out, like you were saying, there was like a lot of like that black magic. There's been black magic in that too, on how to manipulate, um, to, to be like, Oh, come work with me. Cause you know, whatever. Um, but that's been part of the adjustment is like, okay, so if these, especially with all this Aquarian energy, which is so tech, how do we learn to adapt in a way of like boundaries and discernment and like taking time away from this and not feeling guilty or like shaming ourselves if we choose to take time away from it? That's incredible. People really feel guilty for taking time. I mean, as a business owner, yes, but what? Yeah, I've had people, this is like my fourth social media sabbatical. And I told this one woman who was on my podcast a while ago, like, oh yeah, I've been off social media for three months. She's like, you did what? And I'm like, yeah, like I took time away. I needed to take care of myself so that I can show up and be of service, like feeling like my true self, like feeling whole, feeling like my cup is full and not sharing from a space because I need to do something because that's been a condition and a matrix in itself, right? Like you need to do this now. Like that's part of the matrix of business. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that's my take on it all. God, it is. Oh my God, it's so true. That phone addiction is so real. It's the biggest addiction that no one's talking about because majority of the population is it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like that's been the hardest thing about like no festivals since the shutdown is like, I look forward to like having that week away from my phone. And now this has been on 24 seven that like I... Ever since I deleted the app, like Instagram off my phone, I feel like I woke up today because I, yesterday I said like my goodbye, like I'm off for the next like month. And today I woke up and I was like, like I felt like I could exhale. Wow. So that's why like if you know what you're here to deliver, like you know what you're here to promote and you know the elements of like what it is that can offer value to your community and you can plan ahead then I'm, I'm really passionate right now cultivating like a work-life balance mm-hmm. and having a sustainable work-life flow because as we continue to do deeper work, our sensitivities are going to increase even more. Right. And we're going to have to learn how to adapt to these like and connect more with nature because she's calling for us to be more present with her. That's so true. So let me ask you this question. This is going far left, but what do you think? I mean, this morning in a meditation, I was like, wow, I really feel like this iOS update is going to cause a financial shift. Mm, In what way? So 
I was, I had a meeting with a Facebook ads firm and they were saying that about 95% of people are going to opt out to not have their data. You know what I'm talking about, right? No. The iOS. Oh, the, about the, their data. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. 95% Facebook's not yet. Yeah, Facebook's the iOS update that is going to ask about Facebook, keeping the data and 95% are going to say that they don't want their data shared. Yeah. And that is major for Facebook. I'm like, oh my God, I, there are so many businesses right now, like run off Facebook ads. Well, not only that, Instagram is owned by, owns Facebook. I mean, it's owned by Facebook too. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I think, yeah. So I think that's part of like the exhaustion and the awareness of like the power to the people in that sense. Exactly. But I'm like, is something, do you think that's going to have a financial impact? I'm like, oh my God. Like, so financial impact as it relates to selling online, which means I think people are going to have a shift to doing more in-person or connecting. Uranus and Taurus. That's what I was saying. I don't know it froze. You're here. Uranus, it's Uranus and Taurus. No, you're good. Uranus and Taurus, man. Like we are breaking free from it all. That is how I feel. I feel like at least materialism is also starting to wane. But but with that too, like that's why we can't be putting all of our eggs in one social media basket. You know what I mean? Like I was in a program and they were like, oh, I don't even have an email list. Like what? Like what's going to happen when like Facebook becomes the new MySpace and like it just like dies out or like Instagram or whatever. Honestly, like what are you doing? You know what I mean? Everyone has become so reliant on this because they, they get like those dopamine hits when people like their photos or like share like that. But you don't have an email list. Like to me, I'm, I've been building a community outside of Facebook and Instagram. So I've been building it on a platform called Mighty Networks um, just because the energy just feels cleaner and like not infiltrated. Um, and so you have to be creative and think outside the box because if you have all your eggs in one basket, you're setting yourself up for, for a disaster. And instead of like Facebook, I think it'd be great to focus. Here's a little marketing tip for all of y'all to be focusing more on like either YouTube ads or even Pinterest um, because Pinterest is a search engine. People forget that. Mm-hmm. Good marketing tip. I'm take those myself. Yeah, because people are just overwhelmed. Like think about it. Facebook started as a college uh, like platform, right? You had to have a college ID and like, oh, let's expand this. And then it just got like way too big, way too big. Um, and to me, it was interesting how like all these AI, um, like tech companies all moved to Austin and then Texas had this fucking massive storm. What is that saying? Wow. I didn't think of it that way. And you know what? And you know, Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius, Facebook is an Aquarius. I don't know if you know that. Mm. So that's where I'm just like Mm. taking time to step back, to be more observant of it. And, uh, you know what, with that Hawk perspective, how can I choose accordingly? So let me ask you, um, when you say there is, you know, world war three, it's spiritual. What do you mean? 
Um, so it's a spiritual war of like the light versus the dark, what has been infiltrated, what has been, uh, distorted, what has been like, uh, trying to rip people away from their sovereignty. Like AI has been our social media, um, that like, um, you, it can, um, like if you watch like the social dilemma, like it can tell, like, you know, it's now it's like scanning, like where your eyes are, like, what are your emotions? What's pissing you off? And it has the ability to like entice more like anger, more like joy, whatever, like that's a manipulation in a way. Um, so are you actually connecting with yourself? Are you connecting with God, spirit, universe, whatever lexicon you want to use? Um, what's steering, like stealing away your like inner peace from the outside world, the noise, uh, the conditioning, the agenda, um, that is, uh, coming through and, taking, you know, like taking, having power over you. And so it's been a journey into sovereignty. And I think it's because we are anchoring more of that 5D unity consciousness. Um, But like to get from that 3D to 5D is 4D, right? Even though we're becoming more multidimensional and it's not like like compartmentalizing, like, oh, now I'm at 5D because we are multidimensional. But to really start anchoring more of the unity consciousness, that 4D is time. So with that time, we can understand like time can be like expanded longer. Like, I mean, it's nonlinear, but we can take more time to like get to that space of unity by getting trapped in consciousness loops and like, and conditions. I was not expecting this conversation to go here, but I'm totally here for it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, But you know what I mean? So it's like, um, there's a lot of spiritual war of like, you know, people's, no one's talking about mental health, like with what's gone on with the, the past year of shutdown, mental health is, is still taboo to talk about. Um, and not, and like some people do need like psychological help. Like you just can't go to a healer and expect them to clear it out. Like there's some things that are like very deep, um, deep, deep, deep programmed as well. And that's why, like, if you can work with more of these, um, indigenous medicines in a way too. It is a form of medicine. It doesn't have to be pharmaceutical per se. Um, but these are topics that I feel like need to be expressed and shared and um, uh, researched more about. So my my passion is just to like, I just see myself when I'm like making a lot of money, helping people. Like I just want to be donating a shit ton of money to help with psychedelic research because um, it helped me. And I know it has the power to help so many other people. Um, And with that, like, how can we also, like, that's why right now my focus has been focused on business and like dismantling the matrix of business. And um, so that, you know, more people can feel really embodied and in their sovereignty so they can make their own decisions around business Mm -hmm. and be connected to their spiritual self without being overwhelmed of like, disconnected from that because they need to meet up to a certain criteria or an image or, um, a space, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think, um, that the world is going to move into a space where psychedelic, the light's going to win, the light's going to (laughs) win. That's what I'm going to say. First of all, the light always wins. Um, so that's also part of the spiritual work before you answer that question, the light always wins, but this is the lot, like the 11th hour to actually have faith that the light will win. What about people who are just, well, I was going to ask the question of, do you think that more psychedelics are going to be legalized? You know, things like- 100%. Peyote. 100%. 
I mean, um, if they can be done with reverence, problem is there's a lot of infiltration in a lot of our government. Um, you know what I mean? And um, a lot of that is uh, there's a lot of like greed in that still. Um, so that's where I'm praying that if more people can live integrously and we see that more collectively then that permeates into um, our systems as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always felt like um, if I could just grab a hold of Trump and like shrug, what was the word? Like shove some mushrooms down his throat. He'd be fine. Like oh, it's not just him that needs it. A lot of them need it. What'd you say? It's not just him that needs it. A lot of them need it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But oh, that's the problem too, is a lot of the people who have been in leadership, they have so many, so much bypassing of like deep wounding and healing. You know what I mean? Um, and that's, that's, a, that's a real thing to talk about. And, but again, if we have mental health as being such a taboo in our culture, then until we can have more people speak up and like, gratefully mental health is talked about a little more, but there definitely needs to be more attention on that. And so with all these universities doing more research on psychedelics and seeing how it's affecting mental health, um, I think it's such a beautiful thing. And we just need to continue to have faith in that, continue to feed that timeline, continue to feed that um, story and that narrative with intention and with purity and continue to keep our prayers that like, um, a lot more of this uh, truth will come in because there's a loss. A lot of the fields right now too, psychedelically are um, being siphoned and infiltrated because people are coming in most vulnerably and most people are taking psychedelics and if they don't know how to protect their energy um, and they have that openness, they can come in, it can become an infiltrated. I've lived it. I've experienced it myself. What happened? And so that's, oh, that's when I got struck by lightning. <laughs> um, it's all in my book. It's all in my upcoming book. Like my whole journey of like how, um, I remember like one time I like was trying to fight, like I was doing my best to like fight. I was in the spiritual war and I was trying to fight it and doing my best to fight it, but I thought I could do it by myself. And I left, like I was at a gathering and I left the gathering and I was crawling on my hands and knees because I couldn't even walk. I had no more energy left in me, but I wasn't aware of the importance of set and setting. And that's where I'm choosing to be more responsible to educate more of that. If more people are going to be doing psychedelics, we need to make sure we have the right resources um, to help them feel supported so that it doesn't become taboo. So for us to make psychedelics more legal, we need to take initiative now and not have it be so taboo. Like I grew up with alcohol not being taboo. I rarely drink. Um, So that's what's my driving force is also with psychedelics. Like when the time I have children, I don't want it to be taboo like it was in my family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I I think that's where we need to start making it like more conversational and bring people like to the table to ask questions and be transparent and honest and human (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and not just show about like the perks and all the joys of psychedelics, but also there can be challenges that arise too. And I think it's important to talk about that as well. Yeah, that is so true. Definitely. So, but uh, to wrap up this conversation, because this has truly been a conversation and a dialogue, (laughs) and I thank you for going there and asking me questions. I'm always the one asking questions, but this has been so amazing. Um, Talking about like, you know, how you're choosing to transform um, generational trauma and more African-American communities and worth plant medicines. You also have a retreat coming up that I want you to talk about, which is like your plant medicine weekend retreat. I love how you called it black hippie healing experience. It was so fun. Um, I want to hear about like, what was the call to like do that and to take initiative and to say like, all right, this is how I'm showing up. Yo, you know, it was really crazy. I was, 
I was just thinking like, oh, you know, I think I kept saying I wanted to do something international. And I was like, honestly, I think I want to do something here. And I was just having a lot of fear, like would people actually come like, you know, because of COVID, like, and just having all these thoughts. And I was like, you know, I wish somebody would just like pay for the Airbnb. And like, so then I could just be forced into it. And like, you know, I have enough faith in myself and marketing ability that like, okay, I know I can fill seats if I just do X, Y, and Z. So I was at my friend's house and I was just talking to her and she's like, oh my God, I have to give back this deposit. I was like, for what? And she's like, for this um, house that we booked for her and her friends to go on this vacation. And I was, she was like, you know, but everybody canceled, but I already put down the deposit and I didn't pay the insurance. And I was like, yo, do you think we could? And she was like, have the retreat there because me and her husband were actually planning an ayahuasca retreat. And it was supposed to be the exact same weekend and she couldn't go. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, we totally should. And then it was just a week later, you know, we got everything set up and we were like, let's just do it. So this was a retreat. Um, me and her husband had, were already planning, um, but planned to do it with ayahuasca with a shaman, but, um, it didn't work out, which is totally fine. So we just decided let's grab whatever impactful medicines that we think we can do in one weekend and let's just do it. So they actually want to own a retreat center in Costa Rica. And I just want to continue to do plant medicine retreats and ceremonies. So for both of us, it was like perfect synergy. Let's just go, let's just do it. So yeah, it's going to be combo, pape, sananga, cacao. We're going to have, like you said, a shadow work painting exercise, which I'm really excited hmm. about, right? right? So special. Yeah. And we're going to go to the beach, do other medicines and heal, have a good time. Oh, and there's a vegan alkaline chef. He's been alkaline for 20 years. Wow. Yeah. He's going to come and do the food. So it's really going to be a healing experience. I love that. And I think, you know, like we can't be afraid of what's going on to stop us from healing and doing the work and not allowing that, uh, that narrative to stop us, you know, of course, just be safe and all the pieces. And also like, we got to break free from this conditioning. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just really like answer the call, but like, you can't make that shit up. Like how organized that was, you know what I mean? Like, so we got to answer those calls. Well, amazing. But if you guys want to learn more about this, it's all in the show notes and you can sign up. Um, but to close out, this has been like probably my favorite episode I've recorded in like, <laughs> like the almost five years I've been doing this. So thank you, Amanda, for going there with me and even asking me questions about the shit I'm like super passionate about. I appreciate it. Um, but I want to ask you some few questions in this lightning round, if you're open to it. Sure. What does sovereignty mean to you? Ooh, trusting yourself over anybody else. Hmm. What a spirit uh, animal totem has been really guiding you lately? Wolf. Hmm. What book would you say was the one that really revolutionized, like really took a deep shift in your life? Man, it's going to sound so step one, but um, 
I think it was Aspen. It was given in 2007. Hmm. Classic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what would you say to younger Amanda? I don't even know. It, it, there doesn't feel like a separation. I think that's why. Mm, I love hearing that. Yeah. That's really awesome. That's awesome. She feels seen. Hell yeah, I'm here for this. Where can we find more of you? Well, you can find me at Spiritually Dope on Instagram. Hit me up, send me a DM. Um, I have programs all the time, so I'm sure my latest program will be there. Amazing. And what last little nugget of wisdom do you want to share to whoever's listening? You know, what's been coming up for me lately, so I'll share it with other people, is just mind your mind. Mind your mind. Thoughts really create reality. And we have such deep subconscious programming. So that's the work. Hmm. Changing your subconscious and minding your mind and watching what you're putting in it. So if there's any work to be done, that's the work. Incredible. Do you guys take note on that one? That was so good. <laughs> well, again, Amanda, thank you so much. I was not expecting to like be interviewed myself here, <laughs> but like this was such a fun dialogue because it just didn't feel one-sided and it felt like we were really like curious together and, uh, like again, I was like emotional talking to you. I was inspired talking to you. Like, I am just like so fucking grateful that you're taking the sleep and answering the call. And I do believe like the work you're doing is like here to revolutionize you, your community, your loved ones, the world. Like you are creating such a beautiful ripple effect. And I'm so honored to <laughs> have you here and to talk about it. <laughs> my dog's sleeping right at my feet, but, uh, I, I just appreciate you. I truly do. And I'm just like, so, so pumped to see how this journey continues to unfold for you. Same, same here. Thank you so much for having me on. You're so cute. Thank you so much for having me on. And really it is a pleasure to be interacting with someone who cares so much. It just oozes out of you. So I know your work will be blessed as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, Amanda. And thanks everyone for tuning in. I hope you had a notebook with that one because there was so much whew, real talk in there. <laughs> but we appreciate you and make sure you tag Amanda and I. Let us know what you thought. And uh, I'm so pumped. And thank you again. And thank you everyone for tuning in. And we'll be seeing more of you soon. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this powerful episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. To keep this conversation flowing, I invite you to join us over at the Sovereign Society private Facebook group and to follow us over at Sovereign Society podcast on Instagram. If you want to keep up with me, subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can watch these episodes and so much more. I welcome you to come on over and say hey on Instagram at Sabrina Riccio. And if you love these conversations, please support the podcast by subscribing and leaving a rating and review on iTunes. To share the love, all you got to do is search Sovereign Society Podcast. And of course, if you're ready for more, stay tuned for next week because I've got a whole new episode coming your way. Take care. Satnam. Satnam.